Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last week on Roll Radio... Our heroes finally made it to the outskirts of Jokin, only to be sidetracked once again. But this time by cute woodland creatures? Their curiosity could not be contained and they ventured forth into the woods and the unknown. There they encountered a most enchanting creature with skin made of bark, hair made of leaves, and a beauty that easily bewitched our wise cleric. Then, our hero's fears were soon realized as they learned of Joken's fate. The village has been attacked and its citizens abducted. And evil goblinoids are to blame. Our brave adventurers soon found themselves helping their new friend and cleared her forest of encroaching goblins. Fingers were twinkled. Eyes were rolled hard. Berries were bestowed, a fluff ball was tossed, Mother Ephelus was stabbed in the bee. Then, goblins were persuaded and more fears were realized. Enslaved villagers have been marched north and red wizards are pulling the strings. And so our brave party have decided to see Jokin for themselves. But what will they find? Will Esme return for summer vacation at Oifinian's Grove? Will Elric ever get to salt any fields? Will Oifinian even consider hanging out with Jake? Who knows? Let's find out in this week's episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. All right, so it's the next morning. You guys wake up safe and sound in Oifinian's Grove, and you begin to break down camp, eating your breakfast and granola bars, and preparing for heading to Jolkin and seeing what is going on there. Is there anything you guys need to do before you depart? Yeah, I got to roll my 20s for the four tenths. Tens, ooh, right in the middle. Okay. Not bad. And a five, which would be good. I could give that to somebody else to not hit me. You got to pull, an, pull another piece of fluff out of your bag and see yeah. what it comes. Can I toss my fluff? Toss it. So I roll a D4. Yep, you roll a D4 off of that chart there. Nice. All right, your roll is a badger. Nice. Okay. Those things are feisty. Hey, little badge badge. <laughs> Don't come near me, little badge badge. You're feisty, maybe. No, he's not feisty. I'm going to ca- uh, cast my mage armor now. Okay, sounds good. I'm reading a book. Leaving your horses behind with Oifanyin, and now on foot... And you leave the woods and take the road south to Jolkin. And you immediately notice 
that the weather is just as it was before you entered the grove. Cloudy, gray, drizzly, and wet. About halfway there, you head off the road and head into the surrounding fields. From inside the fields, you stealthily make your way to the outskirts of Jolkin. And from your hiding spot here, you can see all of Jolkin and even the Delambir River uh, flowing next to it. You see that the village is comprised of three sections. The section you're closest to here on the edge of the fields is the lower section, and it sits on the banks of the river with no defensive wall or moat around it. There's just barns and sheep pens and fisher sheds and cottages, and many of them are burnt and charred. And you can you notice right away that it's empty. There's no activity here. The next section is surrounded by a 15-foot-tall wooden palisade and a moat. This part also sits right on the river. Then the next section is like an upper section. It rises above the rest as it sits on the rocky feet of a large hill. And it also seems like it sits on the foundation of an old castle. And it's about 40 feet above the river. This section is also surrounded by the wooden palisades and a moat. You also see that spread around the perimeter are guard towers that rise about another 10 feet above the palisade, and atop each tower flies ragged black flags. So there are eight guard towers on the lower section of Jolkin and two guard towers on the upper section of Jolkin. So they've got a good eye on the entire surroundings. Do you have a a closer map of the town? You can't see much more from where you're at here, and uh, there's nothing I could show you without any further recon. Yeah, I'm gonna send, um, let's find a quiet spot and I can send, I can send. A syphilis, right? Do a flyover? It's not a syphilis. No. And that's a good thing. Encephalitis. Encephalitis. (laughs) Okay, so Esmir goes into her trance as her eyes roll back into her head, and Asilius takes off and starts to fly over the area. The owl flies over the river, and it flies over the village, and Esmir sees all of it through the owl's eyes. And after about 10 minutes, Esmir's eyes come back, and now you have to figure out how to translate what you've seen to the rest of the party. I'm going to- dirt with sticks and rocks? Well, if I were a peasant, I would do it that way. But I am a learned gnome, so I'm gonna pull out my parchment and I'm gonna draw a little map. Esmir goes into her pack. She's like, hold on a second. And she goes in there and pulls out some writing supplies. And she starts to draw out what uh, she saw through Asilius's eyes. And she draws out a map that looks like this. And I'm sending you a map. It's quite detailed. This is quite impressive. All right, now that you uh, have a map, let me point out a couple more things here. Uh, You can see that the lower a palisaded section of Julkin has two entrances, one from the north 
and one from the east. And those uh, two gates uh, are the only ways into Jolkin. Um, and they are 15 foot high, 10 foot wide log gates that stand between two guard towers. And through Asilius's eyes, uh, Esmir, you did see that each of those towers had a goblin uh, inside of it, keeping watch. And you can also see, and Asilius, you also noticed, that uh, there seems to be a breach in the palisade um, where you could probably surmise that that's where the goblins uh, made their breach into the town when they took it over. But it's been blockaded again by two crossbeam barriers um, that block that 20-foot yeah. wide gap where the palisade was breached. And the moat is like filled with log and de- debris. And it also is uh, covered uh, with spikes. Still a, very, still a very weak point. You know, easily breachable by um, us. Well, they well, look I pretty big and they look pretty heavy. Like it'd be tough to move. Okay. The easiest way to get in would be to get in the river and That's right. like get up by the docks. That's right. Because there's no wall there. And, and sneak you know, in. Yeah. Sneak in at night. But we have to think about, you know, what is our objective going to be? We can get in, but what are we going to do when we get there? We're clearing out the town of goblins. We need to ascertain how many goblins are there and wolves and possibly hobgoblins, maybe villagers that might still be in there. So the only part that is truly um, unpalisaded is that lower, that southern section along the water. What's the chain all about there, too? Well, you can see uh, that that is a thick chain that has been stretched between two buildings on opposite sides of the river. So the chain uh, can be tightened or loosened, and it's used to uh, block water traffic from coming down the river. What about, how, do you, how would you get from the one across the river, how, how would you get to that section across the w- river? Uh, you could the get across, across by boat. River. By boat. So the only thing I can think is that we... Maybe we take the boats across, but then we like swim up the river and well, get we, up on the dock where the chain is at. That's so what I was thinking. We sneak in from behind. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that occurs to me is that often with old castles, fortifications, there's some secret way in. But that is almost cliche. I see that on the, the flint, there is a weird little causeway to the north. Does anybody else see that on the map? I see it. It's it's over. It crosses the moat. Yes. Yeah. From out in the woods, you it's mean? It's causeway. So yeah. I'm not sure if that's like guarded or not. That might be a way in. Well, let's well, look at the guard tower on the other side of the palisade. There, well, there is... are trees over there, so we can, you know, hide in the trees till we get close and can reconnoiter. That's a good eye. That bird has got some great Good eye, Cullen. Very good eye. Do I have the bird fly over and specifically look for that? Well, I think we should actually just go and investigate firsthand. I agree. Where it says Jolkin, we can walk through the woods 
Yeah. And stay in cover and, and hide amongst the trees. I agree. Okay, let's do that then. In the shrubbery. All right, so you guys decide to head to the northern side of Julkin. You make your way back through the fields and keep out of sight as you uh, make your way to the north. And you get to the northern part and you have to start to do some climbing because it's uh, the hill there, the flint. And you climb up, but it's it's covered in uh, trees. It's a, a wooded area so you can keep out of sight and you make your way up to the top. And in this section, you can see that because you're up on the hill, it is now like a 50-foot drop to the surface of the moat. And you can definitely see now from where you're at that thing that you were uh, that you noticed on the map. And what it is is uh, like a bridge. It's thin, it's like only 10 feet wide, and it comes out of the earth underneath Jolkin crosses the moat and enters the earth again in the hillside uh, underneath where you guys are now standing. So you can see that this is an enclosed type of a bridge that spans the chasm and the moat. And it is completely covered. It has a tiled roof and it has uh, walls. And you can see from where you're at on the western side there is a closed and shuttered window. So from where you're at, it's about a 20-foot drop that you could easily make and go down to the top of this roof section. And then from this covered bridge, it's about another 20-foot drop to the surface of the moat. And you can also see from where you're at that there is definitely a goblin in the guard tower uh, just to the east there. Is there a space that can we even see from here between the roof, the tiled roof, and the bridge? Could we get onto the roof and then slide down the roof and swing ourselves onto the bridge? Well, the entire causeway is enclosed. So, and the window that you can see on your side is shuttered. Okay, it's fully enclosed. Um, so, but as you're uh, trying to figure out a way to get in, Elric, you notice that um, on the other side of the causeway, there's a rope hanging down to the moat. Okay. And you can see what looks like a body hanging uh, at the end of the rope just above the moat. But where that rope is coming from, you can't see from where you're at. Okay. So in order to see what's going on on that other side you'd have to make your way over um, to get a better angle. But you have to be careful because there's a goblin in the tower just right over there. Okay. Um, I want to try. So I probably should have to roll my stealth, right? Or something? And follow the owl. Send Josephus. Okay, so Esmir's eyes roll into the back of her head and... Asilius takes off and flies around the area and down into the moat and he comes back and Esmir tells you, yes, there is another window on the other side. It's open and that's where that rope is coming out of. And she can definitely tell you that it is a human body hanging at the other end of the rope by mm. the moat. Mm. Uh, is that human? 
Is it human? Yes, it's human. It looks like a human man. Um, does the rooftop come over, like an overhang well, over the window? Or yes, it's is, an overhang. No, it does. That would be a feat of acrobatics to get from that thing into that window. You would have to do some climbing and some maneuvering to get uh, past that overhang. So it would be a uh, athletics check. Well, I'm going to try it because, well, here's the thing, though, is that we all have to have decent athletics. I have a plus five. How many got my thing? I got a plus four. (laughs) I got a plus four. So I think, what is yours, um, Elric? Plus five. What is yours, Esmir? Athletics or acrobatics? Athletics. Uh, I'm pretty small. Can she do a tumbling act? Well, you guys have rope, and you can use the rope to help each other, um, and I can give you advantage on those checks. Uh, I just got to be creative. Yeah. How many goblins are in that tower? Can we see? One. One. All right. What's the range on your sleep spell, Ismir? 90 feet. I mean, from like the tree line, you could easily put him to sleep. And then we could just climb down. If I want to use a sleep spell to put one guy to sleep. Well, this is the cool thing about that sleep spell is you roll all those dice, he's definitely going to sleep. And when they find him later, if anybody comes along, then he just is asleep on the job. For one minute. But if we put an arrow in him or try to kill him or something, that would be bad. Okay. I can actually, as an action, I can give guidance. And I can give guidance. I just touch one of you guys and then you get an extra D4 to add to your uh, ability check. So when you do this, then we have to make a dash for it because we got one minute to get into that window. Sure, yeah. We uh, tie the rope off, climb down, and then help each other get into the window. We'll tie another rope onto the top of the uh, the causeway. Well, I don't know if you can tie the rope uh, to the rooftop because there's no place to tie it to, but you could definitely help each other by holding the rope. Okay. Hey, kids, can you one of you guys toss my badger in your backpack? Sure. Okay. All right. Give him a, a ride. There, badgie. 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 Go with the fellas. I'll meet you on the other side. Right. Okay, so, uh, Esmir. Esmir, put him to sleep. Okay, so I need to make this guy go 99. Mm. Ah, boom. Hey, a little better. 22. Nice. All right, here we go. So Esmir starts casting her spell, looking for her cricket, and she casts it, and you see the goblin in the tower. He just gets sleepy <laughs> and drops below the thing. All right. Thanks, Cookie. Countdown's ticking. You okay. have one minute. Like Mission Impossible. Ready, they lift the fuse. All right, who's going first? I'll go first. I'll go. I slide down the embankment to 20. Okay. All right, so you guys all easily just get on your butts and slide down the embankment and onto the tiled roof. Who's the stealthiest of the bunch? We, but we have, we're wearing chainmail, so all of us are at a disadvantage. The only person here who probably could be the most stealthy would be Esmir. I got a plus three. So climb over to the edge, look over the edge, and look into the window, because um, you move lighter on your feet, and see if you can move across that top without okay. making too much noise. Look over the edge, see if anybody's in the hallway. Okay. We don't have much time. Go, go, All right, go. I'm going to do that. All right. So as you look over the edge of the overhang, 
you do not see any movement inside the walkway, but you do see that the rope is tied to a crossbeam inside and it hangs out the window. And while you're looking down to the moat below, you get a better look of the body of the human dangling at the end of the rope below. And you see that he seems to be wearing a priestly looking robe. It's white robes with what looks like a golden rose embroidered on it. When I see that that um, symbol, do I recognize it at all? Yes, you recognize it as the symbol of Shantae. Is he splattered as if he fell off of the rope? No, he's just hanging there. Someone hung him. Yeah. Oh, he's hung. Okay, got <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, okay, hurry up. Go, 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 go. Okay. All right, so who's going first? Ezir, we're going to help her. I'm going to touch her and give her guidance. Get Agma. Agma, please give guidance to this young Esmeralda. Move along. All right, just to make sure I got this straight, you guys are tying a rope around Esmir. Esmir. And Jake, you're giving her the guidance spell, right? Yeah, we're gonna yeah. give her a rope and lower her down. Okay, cool. So click the advantage button since they're up there uh, holding the rope and helping you down. And then I want you to roll me an athletics check. Okay. Athletics, because you have to climb and shimmy and grab onto things and maneuver yourself to get from the overhang into the window. Oh, that was good. All right, great. So with the advantage of the rope and the guidance from Agma, you easily uh, make your way into the window and you drop down into this walkway. And what are you going to do now? Um, you're going you're gonna tie the rope off inside to make a taut rope. That we can so you guys can use it. Slide okay. down, right? Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. All right, so Esmir starts tying off this rope to a crossbeam. Who's going next? Elrico. Oh. Elrico, and then I bless you. I give you guidance, son. I bless you. So is that an advantage? Yes, you have advantage and guidance. Okay. All right, I'm going to click advantage. Oh, yeah, easily. Elric just grabs the tightrope and just slides right in, tunk, lands inside the walkway. You didn't like Flynn. All right, who's next? Time's a ticking. Cullen. No, Jake. You have the guidance you have of Agma a with you. athletic score. Bless yourself. Bless me. I am blessing you, and then I'm going. Athletics. Weak. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, real easy. We need, we need Jake help. just grabs it one-handed and shh. Slides right in. <laughs> All right, so now there is no rope on the top, so no advantage for color. Well, technically, if she's tied it off inside right. the building, she's tied it off. It's a tight. Then, yeah, but it's not tied off on the roof. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, if I tie it to me. Okay. Then if I fall, then at least I don't fall all the way 20 feet right. down into the water and make a bunch of noise. Definitely. But it doesn't give you advantage on your athletics check for the climb. So just roll straight. Mm. Oh, my God. A natural no. one. What is up with Cullen's okay, so rolls? What does he, no, I saw him do that. I was like, what? Hold Son. on. Hold on. Let him roll his D4 first. Well, what does he need? Uh, yeah, a D4 is not going to help you here. Right, mm. but if he has a 10, will it help him? Oh, that'd be much better, yes. A 10 plus a... I was like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. I saw it. 
I knew it was going to happen too, by the way. That's why I tied the rope to my waist. <laughs> I rolled a four, by the way. So I have nine plus what she gave me. Yeah, that's plenty. So what happens is uh, Cullen is starting to climb his way down. He's got the rope tied around his waist, but no rope helping him down. So he's kind of freestyling his way down and he's reaching for grabs and handholds and suddenly his hand starts to slip and you hear Esmir yell out, to the left, move your hand to the left. And he moves his hand to the left and he grabs onto an overhang nice. and he, from there he easily makes his way in. All right, so you guys are in this walkway. It's not very long. It's about 40 feet long by 10 feet wide. And you see that on either end of it, there are two iron doors. And the door to the north of you uh, seems slightly ajar. Okay. Well, I think we want to go, go south. south. Well, I want to peek my head in and look at the, what's Don't going on to the north. Okay. Don't get distracted, young boy. Well, check it out. If this is a way to escape later, we yeah. may need to know what's on the other side of this door. Yeah. Good thinking. Okay. He said it was a jar, so I might as well look through the, the jar. Door the door is, is a, a jar. jar. <laughs> oh, my God. We had to pull over and think about that one. <laughs> All right, so you sneak your way up quietly to the door, and you can definitely hear right away that there's stuff going on in there. Oh, boy. To the the north? To the north. All right, when you look in, you see a room that contains a bunch of bunk beds and a central table that is between two stone pillars. And sitting at this table are some goblins rolling dice. And in the northwest corner, there is a fireplace with a kettle over it and a goblin stirring what's in the pot. You also see some goblins sleeping in the bunks. Anybody got to, you know, stick a dynamite on them or anything? (laughs) Just throw that in there. Got a grenade? About how many goblins all together? Well, from the crack in the door you can't see the entire room. But from what you can see immediately through the crack uh, is, uh, I think you count like six goblins there. Well, okay, so I turn to my fellow companions and I whisper, that room is full of goblins. They look like guards and that looks like a bunkhouse. Okay. Should we... We should take sneak away, or should we get in there and cut them down? Let's check out the southern door. Let's listen at the southern door. Good idea, son. So when you peek through the southern door, you see that it leads to a hallway. Okay. But you can't see where it goes. It just seems to end and maybe tee off. Okay. Okay, so what should we do? Should we sneak away from these goblins or should we go in there and try to kill them which might raise some sort of alarm we could try to put some of them to sleep some of them are already asleep she's only got one spell slot left oh I can try one on one with goblins we do pretty good yeah that's true thinking we surprise them shut the door and just kill them we're right outside the door Mark. there's no surprise surprise attack them if we 
Um, yeah, just, if you just burst through the door and start attacking, yeah. uh, you'll get a, uh, the first attack. Okay. We can all get one attack. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'm down with that plan. So we just need to, like, say, okay, on a count of three, we're just going to... It's yeah. a brawl. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll go... If I'll you want to go, go first, first, I'm by the door. I'll go second, then. I'll go right after you. Okay. Everybody on board? One. Hold on. I want everyone to uh, roll initiative first, just to get that out of the way. Okay. I... Dang. Damn it. Damn. Two ones. Mm. Man, can I not roll anything? I rolled so a one, too. Never mind. It's okay. Yeah, but it's like the eighth one. I know, but at least that it's not an attack roll, and it's just initiative. All right, well, at least I'll get one attack. When life gives you ones, all... make onesie aid. There you go. Doesn't make any sense. That was a very good lesson. I didn't understand it, but I know <laughs> that your efforts were valid. <laughs> it's an old known <laughs> saying. All right, let's get this started. Cullen, you said you were going first. Let's get the battle going. You get a surprise round. May it serve you well. Yes. Okay, Okay, as I'm running towards this guy, what do I see to my left and right? Well, I'll open up the rest of the map once everyone gets inside. Are you going to perform any battle cry or something as you run your way in there? Aye, 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 aye. Is that the one you taught him? Um, Hello, ladies. What's for dinner? Oh, I know it. Gals. Um, (laughs) For the, uh, you know, for Jolkin. Oh, and that's a miss. Missed again. Uh, Two swings and two misses. I'm going to use my action surge. Okay. Come on. Mother son of a bitch. Oh, man. Another one. That's and a, Cullen's that, bad luck continues. Let's see if Alric can do better. You're up. Okay. I'm going to run... Let's see. I go. I kind of run 30, right? I mean, that would put me right where Cullen is. Um, so I guess I would go here. All right. So as you rush in behind Cullen, you come in and suddenly there's a, you see another goblin sitting right next to him. So you could go after Which that one? guy. That, oh. that one. So I'm going to swing after this. I'm going to go after that guy then. Uh, Glaive. Oh. Ooh, almost a 20, but it rolled to a two instead, so that's a miss. The bonus action. That's a hit. That one hits. Roll damage. And you killed him. Nice roll on that (laughs) d4. It's exactly what you needed to kill him. I miss him with the first glaive and I like stick the butt of it right in his face. <laughs> right in his eye. <laughs> stick it through his brain. My goodness, Ellie. We taught you too well. How barbaric. Maybe I will teach the boy some magic. All right, who's rushing into this room next? I'll go next. I look to the back of that room and I see Goblin 7 and Goblin 8 and then I hold out my hand and I say, Grovel! Okay, cool. So you cast so, a command spell. Now roll their saving throws. Okay, they both fail. Right. So they both drop prone to the ground and grovel before the power of Ogma. Okay. So that ends their turn. They go prone and they end their turn. Nice. Okay, Esmir, your turn. Can I have my badger run in there? Yep. 
Definitely. The owl can fly in there too, but he can go far and give somebody advantage. Yep. He can go right there. Would he give somebody advantage right there? Yeah, definitely. And then I'm going to move here and I'm going to shoot a firebolt at goblin number eight. He's down on the ground. But yeah, totally take him out. Yeah. That's the point. The only good goblin is a dead goblin. They are inherently evil. All right. 19. It's a good, good roll. Nice. All right. Nice rolls. Heavy damage. He's on fire. On fire. And that's the end of our surprise round. And we start now at the top of round one. All right. Now that all of you guys are in this room, you can see that this room is filled with bunk beds. And it's also filled with goblins sleeping in these bunk beds. It seems to be sort of like a barracks room here. And as you come in and uh, create all this noise and start the battle, a bunch of these goblins start uh, waking up. Hey, what's going on? I was sleeping or keep it down. (laughs) But the other ones that are awake, they are going to act. And goblin one jumps onto a bunk bed and goes after Elric and swings and misses. All right. Uh, Goblin four is uh, busy groveling at Colin's feet, so he doesn't do anything. Uh, Goblin eight, the cook, uh, is also groveling and burning. See, Goblin nine jumps up onto the table and swings his scimitar at Colin and misses. Nice move, Cullen. The last one that's awake, Goblin 2, uh, sees an owl flapping around the room and targets Asilius. Asilius is that? And hits. Uh-oh. Oh. And kills him. He only has one oh. hit point. Instant death. Wait, 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 wait. Come, wait. I didn't what think did Asilius could die. Okay, so if I give him a five instead of what he rolled, then would he miss? Yeah, he would definitely miss. Okay, can I do that? Yeah, definitely. That's what I would like to do, because I saw it coming. Silius, look out! Okay, so during your morning meditations, you saw that this was going to happen, and you use your portent to uh, warn Asilius, and he dodges the blow at the last second. And now it is Elric's turn. Okay, I got goblin number one targeted. I'm gonna take a swing at him. Hit. All Uh, right, roll damage. Yeah. Okay, so you hit with the glaive and you did maximum damage and you wasted him. All right, cool. You just sliced him, cut him down. Nice. Um, And now I'm gonna target goblin number nine and that's gonna be the butt butt action, the the bonus butt action. Nice. Oh, natural 20. Nice, critical hit. Yeah, let's see what happens. Who wants to give me five dollars if I roll another another one? It killed him. All right, you cut him down too, Elric. Just coming in, swinging with the glaive. Nice. I'm just now, swinging around. The, Sweet. All right, Jake, you're up. I am going to stop my movement at that spot. I'm going to target Goblin Boss One. I will blow on my palms and chuck a sacred flame. 
success so that when he makes it. Yeah, so he made his nothing. dexterity save. So uh, he was rolling out of bed when the sacred flame came down. He rolled out just in the nick of time and it missed him. Damn. Okay. Okay, it is now Esmir's turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Badgie to go. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the badger Honey. Honey, <laughs> sick that goblin boss. So he's going to come over here. All right, so Honey uh, scrambles underneath the bed, comes up on the other side, jumps up at Goblin Boss, and goes for his scrotum. Right, Honey. As badgers do. Yes, as badgers do. (laughs) Oh, and he misses. Goblin Boss's scrotum is safe. Okay, that's not good for the badger. Okay. I am going to tell the owl... I'm going to get him. He's surrounded. I don't want him to stay there. Okay, and then I'm going to have him fly over here. I think I might. There's a whole room full of dudes here. I'm going to use the magic missiles. Okay, cool. Are you going to target just one target or multiple targets? I think just one. Okay, who are you going to target? The boss. Okay, perfect. So uh, magic missiles automatically hit. Oh, wow. So all you need to do then is just take the damage and drop it onto him three die, three times, once for each okay. dart. Nice. All right. Nice. Okay, cool. So you hit him with all three darts and put him into heavy damage. That was good rolling. All right, Cullen, okay. you're up. So is Co- Goblin 4... Still groveling? Yes. And remember, you'll have advantage because he's prone on the ground. There you go. 19 hit. That ought to work. And you killed him. Somebody should have taken me up on my $5 bet. You would have won $5. (laughs) Since I don't have anybody in adjacent squares to me, I don't need to disengage. And I can just run over here, which is only 15 feet away and swing at the boss with my second sword. Finish him off. Get in there. Nice. Right. Yeah. Finally. A natural 20 finally makes up for all those ones. It's like you roll one or a 20. Oh, <laughs> that like was awesome. The other. <laughs> that was awesome. And you killed him. Good work, my boy. Elric, get in there. Okay, nice. So Goblin Boss 1 goes down, and the badger munches on his scrotum. <laughs> okay, so now all the goblins are awake, and they're getting out of the bed. They're like, what the hell's going on? We were sleeping. We killed your boss. That's all right. They got another Goblin but Boss. Goblin Boss 2. And he is going to go after Elric. Huh? And he swings his scimitar at him, saying, I was having a good dream. Oh, and he misses. He's still sleeping. All right, goblin number three. And he jumps out of his bed and heads for Elric. He says, yeah, we were sleeping. We're hardworking goblins. <laughs> and he hits. He hits. Oh, for seven points of damage. Yikes. Okay, goblin five. He takes the same cue and gangs up on Elric. And he swings misses. Okay, Goblin 6 is going to... Oh, man, there there are a lot of goblins in this room. 
All right, he's gonna make his way over here. All right, um, Goblin Seven is gonna make his way up here behind Cullen. He swings his scimitar and misses. Mm, Chainmail. Goblin Eight is going to uh, use half his movement to stand up, and that gives him enough to get to Cullen. I grovel before no one. I'm the cook. <laughs> Others grovel before my meals. He swings. Just plus one ladle of scalding. And he misses. <laughs> Take that. Okay, so now goblin boss number two is going to forget about Asilius, and he's going to go after Jake. Come here, cleric. And he swings the scimitar. And misses. Ha! Uh, Elric, you're up. Okay. I am going to use my action surge now. I'm going to target Goblin 3. So my first attack. So, Glaive. Hit. Hit. Demise. Die. Elric's first swing kills him, takes him down. All right. So I'm going to untarget him, and I'm going to target Goblin number 10 for the bonus action. Hits him. Yeah, you got him. Him. What did you do to him? Heavy. Heavy. Okay. All right, so let me, uh, so for my second attack. You have two attacks? Well, I'm using my action Oh, oh, that's right. But I'm going to use my glaive on goblin number 10 still, so here we go. Ooh. Nice hit. Hit. And you killed him. Killed him. Elric, just taking out goblins two at a time. Good work, boy. Good work. Foul fiends. (laughs) So I have advantage against Goblin Boss 2, right? Yes. Because Cullen's there? Yep. All right. Oh, yeah. I am going to blow on my other palm and chuck a guiding bolt at you, bastard. Ooh, pulling out the guiding bolt. First time. Hit. Hit. All right, roll 4d6. Bam! Oh, 15 points of damage. Puts him into heavy. He didn't like that. Ha! Doesn't matter if you like it or not. It's what you get. You guys watch as a beam of radiant fire erupts from Jake and strikes the goblin boss. And you see the goblin boss begins to glow as it burns with holy light. And so the next attack on this goblin will have advantage because of this radiating light. <laughs> he painted a bullseye on Esmir, him. Esmir, you're next. So, Esmir, that's who you want to aim for. Well, I'm thinking of going up to him. Engage in hand-to-hand combat? Yeah, because if he's dead after I attack him, then I can move back. And I could shock and grasp him. So you have advantage, and you still missed. Shit, shit, and more shit. What? That was shit. crazy. I don't have it. Did it roll twice? Yep. There you go. Two fours. All right, so you missed. Okay. Uh, moving on to so, the badger and the owl. Uh, the badger's right next to the boss. Yeah, right. I'm going to have my badger attack him. Ooh, you rolled a five. It misses. Ah. <sighs> That's just sucky. 
Well, from underneath the bed, he can't get a good angle on the goblin and he misses. Colin, you're up. Let's see if we can do something about this goblin boss. Nice hit. Nice damage. Killed him. Whoa! First sword killed him. Okay, second sword goes after another one. <laughs> it hits. Nice. It kills that nice. one too. Killed him. Nice. Sweet. Cullen is nice. finding his stride. Good job, kiddo. You guys are kicking some serious ass, and it is now the top of round three. Goblin five is gonna co- continue his attack on Alric and hits with a 20. Hit. Not a natural 20, nice. but he does four points of damage. Okay. The goblin six. He's he's going to come over here, and he's going to target Elric as well. And he swings the scimitar, and he misses. Okay. Goblin eight is going to continue attacking Cullen. You bastard, you killed both my bosses. And misses. Should it be good news to you? Yeah. <laughs> you could take I them all off right now and take the day off. If you live. <laughs> oh, yeah. You start your weekend you know early. Hey, why don't you take the eternity off? <laughs> yes. I can arrange to have you take off eternity. <laughs> eternity leave. <laughs> Eter- eternity leave. Suddenly you hear from down the eastern hallway, oh. you hear a voice. His fire burns inside me. Master, master. Curse the goddess and her servants. And then Elric and Cullen, you turn towards Mm. the voice and you see two giant vipers slither out of the darkness in the eastern hallway. Okay, not good. Okay, what are you going to do, Elric? You're up. All right, I'm going to target goblin number five. Twenties. Natural twenties. Twenties. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Damage. Instant death. Nice work. How did that happen there, Elric? <laughs> I don't know. Practice. Good good instructors. Okay, now I'm going <laughs> to... That's right. No, I thought you'd say something like his head went flying off his oh, shoulders. Oh, places. how did it happen? Like... No, it, my blade goes right down. It, it like bifurcates his head, <laughs> right, through, right through his forehead. Good bifurcation. And then it comes flying out as you give your bonus butt action. <laughs> then the bonus butt action on goblin number six. Oh, a natural oh. one. Oh man. Twenty and then a one. It's, it's, it's one or the other. We need to teach coffee. these kids how to meditate. Yeah. Just too excited. You see what happens on the table. What happens? You rolled a two. You slipped in the heat of battle. Make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Oh, okay. You, uh, you make it. You hold. Okay. You slipped on all the blood. There's so much blood from your last bifibrication (laughs) that it squirted everywhere and got all over the floor. You started to slip, but you, uh, on your second attack, but you held, you kept your balance. You've been removing the goblins from the screen, but there's like five dead goblins. Yes. Piled up around you too. Yeah. Yeah. Just goblins laying all over the place. All right, Jake, you're up. 
Okay. You hear something. You hear some slithering and hissing coming from the east. Snakes don't like fire. Um, that is true. And I could toss a sacred flame. Sahel. Success. Oh, it sees the flame coming and then the last second slithers out of the way. Damn! <laughs> I blow on my palm. All right, Esmir, you're up. I'm going to tell Honey to go and attack this guy right here. Uh, Goblin 8. Another natural one. Honey! Oh, man. Silly badger. Was, was that the badger? Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, see, so yeah, bite. See, it says bite. I'm new with this. Sorry. <laughs> I know. That's okay, honey. Don't worry. It didn't about exist it. until this morning. <laughs> Someone's got to kill Goblin. Spells? Right? I have, well, I don't have any spell slots left. I have cantrips. I have firebolts, mage hand, minor illusion, and shocking grasp. Firebolt? Then do firebolt. Yeah. I was going to do that on Goblin 8. Hit. Eat it. Nice. Kill that. Yay. Good shot. That was the cook, by the way. Put him He's out of been around movie. a while. Mm-hmm. He's like an old buddy. He's what, been a good, what, so what an ironic way for a chef to die. Mm-hmm. He got fried. Toasted. Toasted. All right. So you guys again here coming from the other room. You hear that. You hear that voice again. Master. Then emerging from that dark hallway is this nasty looking goblin. It's all decked out like a shaman or a witch doctor with raggedy clothes and trinkets all over it. And it's, it seems to be covered in either paint or blood or both. And it has this crazed look in its eyes and it looks towards you and says, my master says you must die. Then all of a sudden, right in between Elric, Cullen, and Jake, Uh-oh. it begins to get very warm as a sphere of fire just appears in that space between all three of you guys. And I want all of you to make a dexterity saving throw. All right, so um, as this flaming sphere uh, starts to erupt. It burns Cullen for seven points of damage, Ugh. taking the full brunt as he fails his uh, dexterity saving throw. But both Elric and Jake are quick enough and dodge out of the way a little bit as they make their saving throw and only take half po- uh, half damage, uh, which is three points. Okay. And she says, you will pay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing. (laughs) Okay. Are you laughing at me? Oh, are we having a good time? Snakes, attack! Okay. Nobody laughs at Gabula and lives. Gabula. Gabula. It's like Skeletor. Skeletor is my nephew. (laughs) There is a definite resemblance. All right, Cullen, you're up. 
Um, all right, so I'm going to close the distance between me and the remaining Goblin Six. Okay. And try and take him out. Oh. Hit. E. That'll work. All right, nice damage. Heavy. Not dead. Shit. It's okay. Um, and now I'm going to use my second wind, which is 1d10. Okay, so you heal yourself for four hit points with your second wind? Eh, could have been worse, I guess. Sure. Well, that's okay, because that flaming sphere is still there. Oh, we have to move away from it anyway. All right, Goblin 6 is going to continue on to Elric. Gabula will get you! And he hits. Four or five points of damage. Now the vipers move. Oh boy. And this one slithers its way towards Cullen. And he bites. And he hits. Okay, Cullen, now I want you to make a constitution saving throw. Ooh, nice. A 20. Nice. So you feel the poison entering your veins, but you easily make the save and fight the poison back. Okay, nice. All right, the next viper is going to slither his way towards Elric. Damn. And he strikes. No. Leave my tutelage alone. He misses. And he misses. Yeah, he misses. Elric, you're up. All right, I was going to attack goblin number six, but I think the viper is uh, a bigger problem. I targeted viper number two. Glaive. Did that hit? Yep. Okay. I can't tell my map was in the way. And damage. Mod. Ah. Oh. All right. Seven points of damage. Heavy. That puts him puts into him heavy. heavy. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to use my my bonus action. Is going to be my second win because I am down to one hit point. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, thank God. That was much better than my roll. So how many hit points did I get back? Ten points. Ten. Oh, excellent. So I got, I'm back up to 11 hit points. Jake, you're up. Okay, dokie. So um, what I want to do is I want to bless my crew. This will be burning my last spell slot. Um, but I can pick all three. By the powers of Agma, I bless you. <laughs> I bless you. I bless Esma, and then I can bless one more. Would you like your badger or your owl? Remember, you can bless yourself. Oh, I'm going to bless myself. I'm sorry. Okay, Esmir, you are up. I guess I'll just shoot a firebolt at... Elric yeah. needs help. I'll go giant viper two. Boom. Hit. Boom. And you killed it. Splendiferous. Nice. Wow. Excellent. Nice job. Save Elric's life. Thank you. How's he? How far down is he? I always forget about that blast. Well, it killed him? Yep. Every time. Yeah. Wait, that, that killed him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Elric took a chunk out of him earlier. Snake went. All right. Gabula says, no. No, giant viper too. No, he was my favorite. <laughs> then why was he two? <laughs> well, I got him second. Okay. Shut up, gnome. You're next. 
All right. So she says, taste sphere, gnome. And she moves the sphere and slams it right into you. Oh, no. You got to make a dexterity saving throw. You still have that bonus to save from before, though. All right. So, uh, yeah, that's not going to help. So now you are going to feel the burn. And you are going to take five points of damage. Mark, Honey is in my space, too, so I don't know if he needs to get damaged, too. Aha, yes. Okay, so Honey is going to also have to make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, does not make it. Honey! He is instantly burned to death. You killed my badger? Badger goes down. No! Badger? And then she looks over and says, You over there on the bed. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) Hit points. Make me a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) I thought you were going to order a drink. (laughs) Make me me a Long Island iced tea. It's the wisdom saving throw. With a twist. (laughs) It's ever clear. And two oh, aspirin. Right, here we go. The wisdom th- saving throw on the rocks. Did I say? You succeed. Ah. You feel that she is trying to hold you in place. Oh. You say, no, I will not bend. I am a free man. I will not bend. I will not be held in place by your trickery. Okay, we now <laughs> go to Cullen. All right. Get rid of that, get rid of that viper. Goblin's like, wow, what? Hit. Nobody loves me anymore. Oh, thanks, D4. Yeah. Thanks, D4. Like, Whoa, no way that's going to hit, but it did. You've been blessed by Agma. Crazy. All right, so damage. Send him a thank you note later. Bam. 10 points of damage. Second sword. Miss. Oh, that one misses. Damn it. I got nothing. I got nothing left. Okay, then we go to the top of round five. We start with Goblin Six, who is going to go after Cullen. All right, so he is going to move over here so he can get advantage and flank with the Viper. And he attacks. And he misses, even with advantage. Okay, so we go to the Viper. And he is also going to attack with advantage. Again. And he hits. And he does six points of damage. All right. Roll a constitution saving throw as the poison enters your veins. Very nice. You save. No, I will not be poisoned. Elric, you're up. Okay. I move forward five feet so I can still reach the... Viper with my glaive. Although, wait a second. If I were to move to here, would I have advantage? Yes, most definitely. Okay, I do that instead. Glaive. Hit. Hit. Oh, jeez. Man. Damage. It was just exactly what you needed to hit him. If it wasn't for the bless, you would have missed. <laughs> nice, and you killed him. Woo-hoo. Killed him. Good work. So if I go, I got 15 more feet. So I got Stand five. right next to me. You'd have be 10. Within 30. So I'm going to target him. 
And my glaive bonus action. And that hits. He's almost dead too. This should be easy. Killed him. Yes. Thank nice. guys. Way to go. Right. We high five in a very bro-like <laughs> way. Now, <laughs> now all eyes turn to the bitch. Okay, Jake, you're you. up. Gubura. Only your you. Gabula. Gabula. It's pronounced Gabula. Yeah, Gabi. Gubura. Gubura. We'll just call you Goober. I like Gabula, though. We'll show you Chuck a sacred flame at your god. Yes, oh, no. she succeeds. Bitch. And nimbly dodges out of the way. <laughs> you bitch! My flames are not working! <laughs> oh, has Agma forsaken you? Why have you forsaken my palm? Esmir, what will you do? I'm gonna go over gonna here. And I'm gonna get down on one knee so that the bo- the bed is blocking me a little bit. <laughs> You're That's already funny. short. I'm taking cover. Well, I'm to? taking cover. I mean, there's nothing wrong with taking cover, right? I'm, I'm just kidding around. Jesus, people. Come on, Nesbitt. Where's your sense of humor? <laughs> she just killed my, my honey badger. I'm gonna have to kill her now. Makes me real mad. Okay, so I'm gonna shoot my firebolt at her. Oh, nice. Oh, natural one. What's going on with you guys? Doesn't matter. Oh, boy. (sighs) Yeah, natural one is a natural one. Okay, let's roll on the fumble table. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. What? So you uh, slip on some uh, trash that the goblins left laying around and you... Uh, take one point Fish. of damage and fall prone as you hit your head on the side of one of the of the bunk bed. I think there's some goblin brains in that spot too. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> there might be some brains right there. All right, it is now Gabula's turn, and she is going to take this flaming sphere and slam it into Cullen. So Cullen, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, Agma, help me out. Yes, what? a natural 20. See, you see, when you call on Agma, he does you does you right. <laughs> so even though you saved, you'll take uh, half damage, and that comes out to two points. So Gabula calls out, Oh, little gnome, you trying to hide from me? You cannot hide behind the bed. I see. See you. <laughs> Make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, that was awesome. All right, cool. So uh, this flame starts to appear out of nowhere right next to Esmir, and she makes her saving throw and dodges out of the way. She rolls under the bed and avoids the flame strike. All right, Cullen, you're next. She's 35 feet away. Yes, come and get me. <laughs> if I took my action to eat the 10 berries, could I move 30 feet, eat well, eat my berries and run up to her? Yes. I reach into my tunic and just... <laughs> okay, so uh, Cullen just rushes towards Gabula while shoveling uh, berries into his mouth and... Uh, we're at the top of round six, and Elric, you're up. 
Uh, I'm going to do the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm going to run 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, but I'm only going to run up to there. But I'm going to eat I'm going to eat my 10 berries. Okay, sounds good. That puts me back up to full actually. Oh I'm wow. Thinking. I'm still down for. Jake, you're up. Coming after you laughing bitch. You know what? Just for giggles. I'm going to just Try to shoot her with a crossbow bolt. Hit. Ooh. That's some good damage, doesn't it? That was my max damage. Okay, Esmir, hiding under the bed. You're next. I mean, the only thing I can really do is use my firebolts, so you know what? We're going to go with the firebolts. Rain them down on her ugly head. Bitch. And the fireball hits. Nice. Heavy. You might have magical powers, but you're no tougher than a regular goblin. So she must, because it was partially resisted, right? Well, it seems like fire is kind of her thing, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so uh, she she... resisted that fire damage. Uh, You rolled an eight damage, but she only took uh, four of that as damage. Okay. All right, so it is now Gabula's turn, and the first thing that she is going to do is take this flaming sphere and slam it into Jake. So, Jake, uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Kaboom! Nice. Okay. So you only uh, take half damage from the flaming sphere. Um, Ooh, she rolled an eight. Okay, so you take four, and uh, you succeeded on your constitution saving throw. (laughs) Everybody's still blessed. All right, and then with a little fire in her eyes, she turns towards Cullen and Elric, and she says, Hello, boys. Hi. (laughs) How many spells does this wicked woman get? I can see clearly into your minds. Why don't you make me a wisdom saving throw, hmm? Wisdom is not my strength. You are wise, young one. But not you. (laughs) You are not wise. So, Cullen, you uh, didn't make your saving throw, so what are you most afraid of? What does Cullen fear? I have a flaw. Would that be part of a fear? It could be. What is it? It's a scandalous secret, but uh, that would ruin my family forever if it were to become known. Okay. Well, the sheer terror of that secret coming out terrifies you. And all you can do on your turn is run. Oh, boy. Run away, little one. And it is your turn, Cullen. And all you can do on your turn is take the dash action to the safest place that you can see. Okay, that works. And then on your next turn, you can take your action to make a saving throw uh, to try and shake the fear. 
All right, so Cullen goes running backwards through the room. He runs past Elric. He runs past Jake. And he's screaming, no, anything but that. And Gabula laughs. <laughs> run, you little scaredy cat, run. And Elric, it's your turn. Okay. Uh, I've got her targeted. So I'm just going to take a, <laughs> take a swing at her. Oh, what yes. is that? Is that a, a miss? No, it's a hit. Yeah, because yeah, of the blast. Thanks, D4. Thanks, D4. How did we ever do without that D4? I'm telling you, Dude, it's bless the beginning of every fight. Okay, now I'm going to take the glaive bonus action. Jeez. Hit. Hit again. Thank you, D4. Oh, and now my bludgeoning. Roll the damage. Yes. Kill him. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, young lad. Way to go. I don't know what you did to my friend, but you're going to pay for it. (laughs) This kid, I might teach him some magic. Okay, so now, Elric, as you hit her with the finishing blow, you see her skin begin to crack and crackle and burn, and you feel this Ah. immense heat emanating from her body. Suddenly, her body erupts in flame as it turns to ash. Elric, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Ooh. D4 didn't help you there. So you are caught off guard by this, and you have to take 3d6 fire damage. Ouch. What? Oh, no. So that's 12 points of damage. It's a lot of berries. It's a lot of berries. (laughs) I guess it's just as well she scared me off. We would have shared that damage. I'm back down to eight hit points. My master will make you pay. (laughs) We'll roast marshmallows over your dead corpse. Bitch. Whatever. And so our heroes... Finally made it to Jolkin. Sneaking in through the back door, they soon found themselves smack dab in the goblin barracks and face to face with a goblin witch. Well, it seems you can laugh at Gabula and live. But who is Gabula's master and how will our heroes pay? Will Jake ever remember the owl's name? Will a grieving Skeletor seek revenge? Will Cullen remember to send Agma a thank you note? Well, who knows? Tune in next week to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, fellow adventurers. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Hope you're enjoying the story so far. And you know what? Uh, We're just getting started. You and the players are in for quite a big adventure. It's so big um, that there are moments that don't even make it into the final cut. So if you're interested in hearing some of these outtakes, head on over to our Patreon page and think about becoming a member. Any contributions are greatly appreciated. You'll find a link at rollradio.com. And while you're there, check out Jake's journals where you can see the adventure through the eyes of our cleric of Agma. 
You'll also find links to Andrew Capone, who composed the Roll Radio theme, and Sirenscape.com, where all the awesome in-game music and sound effects come from. We are playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module, which are both properties of Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for more Goblin Bifurcation.